we become a race of peeping Toms. Something happened. Something was happening. I had no idea. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit, if she wished, mine. It's with the ancestors. I'm yeah, sorry, drinking, Luann. How can you hold cake and not eat it? Oh, shit, you guys got coke here. Oh, my God, of course. I mean, I know to you I'm just your old fat Aunt Maddie Faye. I'm more than that, sweetheart. These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. You're all fucking boring. With your piddling grievances over nothing, you're all fucking boring. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and you're too short for that gesture. And my name is Colin Drucker, and fasten your bumpy nights, it's gonna be a seatbelt. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Eve, it's like the drunk version of it. Yeah, yeah. Eve about Which all. Which actually adds up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all Eve about. <laughs> oh, yay. Uh, here we are. Well, here we are, and because we are, while we may in fact be talking about 1950s All About Eve, we are, of course, neck deep in the birthday corridor, and we are all yes. about you this week, the birthday girl. Yeah, and this is my choice. If you are best supporting uh, Patreon, we announced at the end of the episode last week on Friday, but came out of nowhere. We talked about Mamma Mia. We talked about maybe Grease and uh, you know other movies that I, you know, maybe wouldn't be at the top of Colin's list, but would be at the top of mine. But I just really felt inclined to do this movie, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we're about to talk about it. So many women in this movie. And uh, what a treat. Yeah, you know, I've been I've been preparing myself emotionally, spiritually and otherwise for Greece or uh, not the same Greece, but a different Greece in Mamma Mia. <laughs> it was, it <laughs> yes, was yes. like the battle of two Greases. <laughs> Greece, Greece, yeah, too. and then Greece, too, which is the only one that won out. Um, yeah. So, you know, I was just like, you know shocked and aghast at this at this choice but so glad because it also feels like you know for some including for so many other reasons it also just feels like how have we not done all about eve on the best supporting podcast given so much given that the tagline is it's about women and their men yes i mean it just i feel like we're coming up we're going to the altar with this one mm -hmm. because you know, even just with there's there's so much to cover, so much lore about this movie behind the scenes and like Betty Davis and like the fact that this, I think, is the only movie with like four actress nominations, two being in leading and two in supporting at the Academy Awards. I know there's been a lot of like, you know, leading, supporting or even leading, leading, um, but not two in each category. So it really is special and really makes me want to just like dive into um uh, the world of is it Joseph Mankiewicz? Is mm -hmm. that isn't it Joseph L. Mankiewicz? Because there's that other movie that I I watched this like very brief featurette, but I didn't even finish it all about how he, there's this other movie that features three women and how he was just fascinated by you know the dynamics of women and just women and you know and like especially movies that he wrote and direct directed were always just like top notch. So 
I I just can't wait. So I think the other one you're talking about is a letter to three wives. Yes, is probably the other yes, one. Yes, it is. Thank you. Um, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, let's just see who those women. Are. I've heard of that movie. Oh, Gene Crane. I love Gene Crane, and I'm not just saying that. I really do. Oh my God, this cast: Linda Darnell, uh, tragic, died in a fire. Anne Southern Ooh. from Lady in a Cage. I love Anne Southern. Kirk Douglas, we know him. Paul Douglas, I don't know him as well. So those are some people who are in uh, Letter to Three Wives. Gotcha. Because the one, did you say Gene Kane? Is that what it is? I keep thinking Dean Kane. Did I mess that yeah, up? Yeah, Dean Kane. You know, <laughs> Gene Crane. Topless women, small <laughs> small plates. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. Gene Crane. Yeah, I've seen her. I feel like she's known for like a soap opera or something, but I've seen her in a bunch of things and I just, I don't know. She's one of my, she's one of my girls. Was she supposed to, because folks, this is, I've been, I think it's, it's karma for me complaining about how a lot of the movies we've covered have not had an extensive amount of trivia at all, really. But this takes the cake. Like it is, it's like a full day of behind the scenes stuff. And like, I think eight times it says something about like how, what was it? Of course, now I can't remember what it was, but it was something. About Tallulah Bankhead and about how. Yes. Yeah. And how she was so pissed about it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I'm mentioning Jean Crane because I think she was supposed to play Eve yep. and then ultimately Anne Baxter got cast because the, I think it was the director or producer or someone said that she had this like sense of bitch virtuosity that like no one else had. And I was like, that is a t-shirt. Yeah. Like if I've like bitch virtuosity, there's so much of that. That's just like speaks to me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like you know, uh, maybe a belated birthday present. Watch that mailbox. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, because uh, I think Jean Crane got pregnant because she's such a cutie. Yes. And so then, yeah. Is, yes. And then, and uh, Ann Baxter, who is just like, I feel like there is, and we're going to talk about all of them, but there's certainly a lot of talk of Betty Davis in this movie. And, you know, um, people always remember, oh yeah, Marilyn Monroe pops up in it and all that, whatnot. But like, I feel like even though she is one of the leads and she was nominated for an Academy Award, I just, and maybe this is just me, I just don't feel like enough acknowledgement is given to how fucking good Anne Baxter is in this movie. Oh, I agree. I and, and this is only my second time watching the movie. The only other time I watched is when I did it, the No Good, Very Bad Gay back in, seems like 1943 at this point. But, um, but I remember being on the Betty Davis train and this time I was kind of on the Ann Baxter train I was like I know it's Betty Davis's comeback and it's like you know she was maybe the bigger star and had more like I don't know more of that sort of uh rise to fame again but Ann Baxter's like the first half of the movie is Betty Davis and the second half is Ann Baxter mm. oh yeah. yeah yeah because it's like yeah Betty Davis is great in this and like historically looking back i mean margo channing is is certainly we throw around the word icon these days but like completely and fully iconic so many drag queens so many people in general so many just gaze out of drag can can gesture to margo channing as the inspiration for what they're pulling and i think it's all Mm -hmm. well due but it's like Anne Baxter's performance are and, and the role and the evolution of the character of Eve in the movie is so much more interesting. And the way she devolves in the second half of the movie and the way that we see like the true Gertrude, you know, Slipowitz or whatever her real name is coming out in in different ways in her facial expressions, in her voice, in her body language. It's 
it's an excellent performance. And that was, I mean, I don't know. I just, I'd always been like, oh yeah, Ann Baxter and as Eve, that's kind of just the like, I always just remembered her as the character she was playing of Eve Harrington versus like who the troubled woman really was. Yeah. I mean, Barry Keoghan found dead. You know what I mean? Oh. Like Ann Baxter, because it is, there is like some salt burn sort of comparisons that you can make here, but you're so right. Like watching her as like just this humble sort of person can't take a compliment, especially when she even starts to rise to fame in the theater. Um, and then like, I think the first time I really noticed it, of course, is when she's taking that wig off and she like pulls it apart. And I was like, that wig master is going to fucking throw it like spike up your ass for doing that yeah. i was like you would never do that in the broadway but you know it, it makes sense at the time well and and i just have to say that her hair underneath like after she takes that wig off i was like i want that hair i love your hair i love oh yeah she's like jamie lee curtis in true life yes! with the water back yes it was like oh my god you are so hot it's just crazy yeah. she's so beautiful yeah yes no i I really, really love Ann Baxter. The, I mean, the women. The women mm -hmm. in this movie. I, I mean, and I said George Sanders last week, like such a boob, but it's George Saunders. And uh, you were so kind not to correct me, but you did pronounce it correctly. And afterwards, I was like, God damn it. But like, what a queen. Oh, my. Queen of queens. Yes. Like, I, I, this is like a little tease, but I, I sort of did a little bit of a recast in my mind for a 2024 lens. And I think I nailed it with, uh, with Addison DeWitt, but we'll, we'll get into that later because I, I, um, I think it'll be fun to sort of speculate. And I want to give, give you maybe a little bit more time of who you would cast in these roles today, because the ages of this, these women would shock you because oh, yeah. I, because Betty Davis and, um, Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Thelma Ritter, we're the same age. And Thelma Ritter looks like she feels like 16 years older. I don't know why. I think, I mean, I think Thelma Ritter is one of those people who came out of the womb an old lady. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah like Maggie Smith. Yes, exactly. Thelma Ritter has always been Thelma Ritter, and God bless her. Like, she's, I mean, and what's crazy is I think this is actually maybe the first time we've talked about her. And I believe she has the record for the most nominations for Best Supporting Actress. I love it. I saw that she had six uh, nominations, and if they're all for BSA, I love they that. Are. We did talk about her very briefly in Rear Window when we did that. Oh. I think that's the only other time. Yeah. Thank God. Oh, thank God. You're so right. Yeah. I was like, this can't be the first time, but you know, you're mm -hmm. right. So... Uh, yeah, no, the women in this, I did do a little bit of recasting in my head. Oh, actually for, Ooh. for birdie, there is one where I was like, I don't know if the performance would work, but if she was doing, if she was doing like an impression of Thelma Ritter, she would look just like her. So we'll get there. Um, yeah, I'm sure we're thinking of the same woman. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, if we are, that'd be nuts. Um, yeah, but you know, but I, and I haven't, I've, I, I had an idea for Margot, but to your point. The person who I would cast as Margot in a 2024 version is probably 20 years older. Yeah, you because uh, here's what I will say. Maybe, you know, we're skirting around this, but maybe we just get into the recasting as we as we work through this. Yeah. But actresses, actresses who are currently 48 right now are uh, actresses like Kate Winslet, Angelina Jolie, Charlize Theron and Christina Hendricks. 
And I think I, I, I did like a couple, I, I did like 49 and I, I did 50 just to see what that looks like. And the women that came up in that search were Juliette Lewis, Olivia Coleman, oh. Amy Adams, Sarah Paulson, and Regina King. I would love to see Regina King as Margot. Yeah. That would be really great. Um, but all of those women, like, it'd be kind of interesting to see Kate, this like, I think Margot's probably the hardest one to cast in a way because you need someone who has like Betty Davis energy. Either that or you go a total opposite way and just hope it works out. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the thing is like because Betty Davis is so singular. I mean, one of the the takeaways I had watching this was like, oh, yeah, casting Susan Sarandon as Betty Davis in Feud was actually pretty inspired. Like she does yes. pull a pretty strong Betty Davis. Um, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't necessarily cast Susan Sarandon as Margot at whatever, you know, quantum casting at whatever age, I think she'd be great, yeah. but I, it's different. It's a, it's a, I feel like there's a certain, like, there are certain actors where like, they're just intimidating energies. And I feel like that's kind of at the heart of Margot and at the heart of Betty Davis is someone you're like kind of on eggshells whenever you're around them. Yeah, I feel like, honestly, maybe like a Melissa Leo or something like that, like oh. a younger Melissa Leo. Oh, my. I'm into it. Oh, my God. That would be because it's also like it, it's also a feather in the cap of Melissa Leo going from like, you know, who's this MTV girl on, in the fighter to playing Margot yes. Channing. It's like that's that I'd like to see the the name I yes. had or what the idea I had in mind when I was watching this for Margot would be. Um, and again much older than Betty Davis at the time of filming this, but I would love to see Angela Bassett. That would be amazing. I, yeah. I would love it. Yeah. Cause you know who I, I think this works out really well too, is I, I, uh, so Ann Baxter was 27 when she filmed this, which is nutso because she looks 37, yeah. but it's just that weird sort of everyone looked 15 older, 15 years older than they actually did. And one of the first actresses that came up when um, I searched actresses who are 27 is Zendaya. And I think that would be so fucking good. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be, especially with the the way that Eve devolves. I feel like we already know Zendaya can do that. Oh, that would be really interesting. Um, Yeah. It's funny. I was thinking like similar, like HBO ingenue. I was like, oh, what would Sydney Sweeney be like in this role? Because I've seen her go to a 27. She played, she'd make a better Margot to be honest. Oh yeah. Well, that's the thing is like in, in probably. Give her some time. Yeah. Give her some time. She'd be an incredible Margot. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I, I mean, while we're going through the cast here, I, I think these are the two that I was probably the most excited for. I think a George Saunders type because I think Addison DeWitt is gay. Oh, absolutely. Queer in some way, yeah. some way. Like, and I love that. And I really think Zachary Quinto could really nail that sort of dark energy mm-hmm. and just like kind of ride that wave. Because I would want it to be someone queer or at least one of our men who, and, and it's around the same age. George Saunders is around 44. And I think Zachary Quinto is around that age. If we're really kind of sticking to that. Yeah. But, Obviously, there's some wiggle room to it. I think that's, I think Zachary Quinto is the one I feel like I'd like to see Dan Levy read for it. But, yeah, you know, but you're, I think, I think it's Zachary Quinto. I think that's exactly who it is. Um, I feel like if you look at his performance in the Boys in the Band movie as, yep, that's exactly, yeah, that's, I I feel like that's it. Um, Oh, because Addison is definitely gay. Oh my God, is he gay? Uh, 
a venomous fishwife. Yes, that venomous <laughs> like, fishwife. Uh, I levitated. I totally forgot about that line, and I was like, if someone described me as a venomous fishwife, that I would thank them. That would, I, I would take it as a compliment. Yeah, yes, be grateful. Yes. Um, you you know the only <laughs> other like casting I had done but I'm keen to hear yours. But the only other casting that I had done was for Birdie, for Thelma Ritter. Now there's actually like a ton of different people I would cast, but I think it was just like who Thelma was reminding me of at moments. I just kept seeing Alana Glazer. <laughs> I mean, I love that. Oh my God. Yes. I just kept seeing I mean, her. give her some time, but also she could totally do it now. Yeah. Yes. In a little bit of like pancake makeup. I was like, yeah, I, I, I she's not someone I would think of, but like face wise, like I, I just couldn't see it. Yes. I mean, my, my casting would be Rhea Perlman oh. as, as Birdie, but you know, who's someone who's closer. Cause I mentioned before Thelma Ritter was 48. And when I looked up more actresses who were 48, Totally crazy, but I think it could work. Alana Ubuck. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> she has that rasp and she has that sort of like quick wittedness about her. I think it'd be so out of left field and it would work in so many great ways. Oh, I would love it because I always want Alana Ubuck to get more work. So yes. I'm always team Ubuck. Yeah. And and my last casting, we haven't even, I can't believe it's been so long. We haven't even said the name Karen yet. We're so just, I, I yeah. can't wait to talk about Celeste. Yeah. Um, but mainly for how, sh- how much really she looks like her. I would love to see Nina Arianda as Karen. I had the same thought! Yeah! Yes! Oh my gosh. I mean, and we have being the Ricardos to thank for yes. that, truly. No, that was the truly, o- Cause she are, yep. it's perfect. That was the first person and the only person I thought of was Nina Arianda because I always want Nina Arianda to get more work. Team Arianda on this podcast. Ugh. I love it. Team Arianda, like Ariana. Yeah, yeah, that. right. Yeah. Um, a little play on that. But yeah, okay, great. I mean, I, I truly think it would I did the men too. I just want to run please, through it real please. quick. Yeah. For Bill, who plays or not Bill. Oh yeah, Bill. Yep. I would love to see I searched actors who are 35 and Theo James came came up from the White Lotus. And I I was just like, yeah, he's hot. I think that'd be perfect. I didn't really think about it too much. Um, I, that, but I love that. that works for me. I mean, the thing is, so like Bill is played by Gary Merrill, who, yes. I mean, he is actually very good looking in this movie. But like, if you look at his IMDb picture and I've seen some like, yep. he is just, he's just devolving into that like old man smoking a pipe in his robe outside in his underpants. You know what I mean? He's just, yes, he is like the Hormel chili of men. It's just, but he's hot. I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll let yeah. him, you know? Same, same. Uh, for Lloyd, uh, played by Hugh Marlowe, I went with, I searched men who were around, like, I think it was 38 or 39 he was, and Andrew Garfield popped up. And I was like, I could see Andrew Garfield and Nina Arianda walking around arm in arm. And he, I, I think Lloyd's pretty sexy himself, too. Oh, my God. Hugh Marlowe, he is so hot. He has a sort of, um, oh, what's his name from Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Not Richard Burton, but George Seagal. He has a kind of a George Seagal yeah. energy. Um, no, he is super hot. I don't think I've really seen him in anything else, but he was a babe. Um, I feel yeah. like, uh, I I mean, for some reason, I just want there to be a way that James Marsden can be in this movie. I don't know how. That's true. Yeah. I'm always kind of, yeah, he could also be a Bill type yep. too. Yeah. I, I would love that. Yeah, he could. And- mm-hmm. 
Okay. No, yeah, like Bill and Lloyd, there's a lot of options, yeah. Yeah, whoever's hot at the time, mm-hmm. but we do love James. And then last but certainly not least, for the Marilyn Monroe, I, I searched, and I think Anya Taylor-Joy would actually kill it. Oh. I think she'd be really great in a blonde wig and being kind of ditzy and just having a cute little cameo moment. I I fully support that. And I yeah. I mean, and, and to also, yeah, to bring in the name Marilyn Monroe, who I think is... I would like to put on the short list for best featured ensemble at the Westons this year because yes. I couldn't take my eyes off of her. I wanted more. Yeah. Just, I mean, I know it. this is like, everybody knows this, like everybody, it's just like when you're reminded, it's kind of like when you see Judy Garland, you're like, Oh my God, she really was that fucking good. And it's the same with Marilyn yeah. Monroe where it's like, Oh my God, that is what like, screen presences that is what charisma is about yes. that woman just glows absolutely that line why do they always look like unhappy unhappy rabbits yeah. that one always makes me laugh uh, i can't just yell out butler what if that's somebody's name yeah Ugh. i mean she's great so i think anya taylor joy would make uh you know maybe they'd expand the role for her but in a 2024 lens that's i feel pretty good about most of those yeah yeah i i think this is great yeah. i mean I'm sure there will be a another remake of All About Eve, but of course there there are you familiar with as a musical theater aficionado? Are you familiar with Applause? I am, but I I've never listened to the cast recording, but I do know that that's like the adaptation of it. Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know much of it. I've never listened to it, but from what I have heard of Lauren Bacall singing in the 1981 horror movie The Fan, I am shocked that she won a Tony <laughs> for singing. I mean, Lauren, you're better than me, I'm sure, but by how much? Yeah. Oof. Whatever, she's dead. Come for me, Lauren. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, she's the one who does the coffee commercials? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, can you imagine her? Can you imagine the dulcet tones of Lauren Bacall? Yeah, she's very much... Um... Oh, the other actress that they uh, that Ryan O'Connor always used to make fun of on Lady Watch. Uh, um, oh, twenty five thousand. She played Chandler's like dad, who was a Kathleen like, uh, Turner. Like, across, yes, yes, yes. We just won the car. Got it. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> we got it. We did. <laughs> um, well, you know, for uh, you know, we we kind of go in. If you are a a listener of the best supporting podcast, like there is like a strong possibility you are already familiar with All About Eve. But if for some reason you don't know what the hell this is, um, All About Eve, 1950, absolute classic, all about this uh, deceptive little actress named Eve Harrington and her rise to fame in the world of New York theater. You know, she she first, she's, you know, waiting at the stage door for Marco, and then she uh, preys on the kindness of the playwright's wife, Karen, to get her into her, the inner circle. She eventually becomes Margot's uh, assistant. Soon she's Margot's understudy. Soon she's taking roles from Margot. She's trying to take men from Margot. And uh, then she hooks up with uh, Addison DeWitt and, you know, good golly, Miss Molly. She just spins a web around these poor people all to get that Sarah Siddons award a year later. <sighs> it's so good. I mean, we've, we've talked about, this movie won six Academy Awards. The only acting uh, Oscar was for George Saunders, which I totally support. Mm. It won Best Picture. It won for Screenwriting, Director, Costume Design, and Best Sound uh, Design. But, you know, we said before, too, there's so many more actresses 
that were nominated that of course didn't win. Judy Holiday won. Yeah. For lead actress. Fine. It's <laughs> I guess. I saw that movie a while ago. It is, I mean, it is a great performance. It's the rare, you know, win for a comedy performance. I think for the time. Oh. It's a style of acting that like it it's it's a great performance, but it is wild. Like what a wild year for best actress because it's like uh it was yeah, Betty Davis, uh, Ann Baxter, Judy Holiday, um, Gloria Swanson. Glo- this is the year Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, yes. Glo- so another big comeback, uh, and then Eleanor Parker in Caged, which I've seen. And this is actually really strange. For one of the first times ever, I've seen all of the movies that these women are wow. known for. Granted, there's at least you know I only need to see four of them, but uh, Caged is this like women in prison movie. And it's really good. And there was also a nomination from that for Best Supporting Actress for Hope Emerson playing this, like, big, mean, lesbian prison guard. Oh, it's on at some point where we have to do Caged because it's wall-to-wall lady right. acting. Love that. Uh, That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, this was, a, this was a very competitive year. And I feel like... It, with Judy Holiday winning, I feel like it's just one of those examples of like these were five great performances, but there's no way to at a certain point, there's no way to determine if Gloria Swanson was better than Betty Davis, you know? Yeah. And, you know, there was a lot of, uh, I guess, friction maybe, or Betty Davis was upset that, you know, her and Ann Baxter were put in the same category. Because the, you know, potentially a, the votes for both of them could have canceled each other out. And for Gloria Swanson, too. Like, I would love to see the numbers that year of who to, who voted for who. Like, how close was it? I just want to know. Like, who cares at this point? They should release it every year. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that year Eleanor Parker was like, you know, the nomination was a win. But, like, I might just stay home tonight. You know, hope if you <laughs> yeah. go, let me know if I won. But, uh yeah, it's. Uh, I remember really enjoying Judy Holiday, and I, I feel like in the long run, it's like Betty has an Oscar. I don't know if Gloria she had two at this point, right? Yeah, like she's got a couple Oscars. Does Gloria Swanson? Did she ever get an Oscar? She probably got an honorary one at some point. Oh, yeah, probably. She's been nominated for three Oscars, but she never. Oh won. dang. Uh, um. Well, whatever. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sure she's fine, but anyway. Uh. Yeah, it's uh, I yeah, I feel like the the vote was probably split between Ann Baxter and Betty Davis. So who knows? Maybe that, you know, maybe that would have been Betty's yeah. third. Do you feel? I feel pretty good about both of them being in the lead actress category, though. Oh yeah, absolutely. The fact that, like as you said, like you know, uh, Margot has the first half of the movie, and you know, uh, Eve has the second half. I think it makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. I feel like it, it just. It wouldn't make sense. It's kind of like when they put Rachel Weiss and Emma Stone in supporting actress for the favorite. Oh, yes. It's like, mm, yes, that we're you know splitting hairs here. Um, yeah, but uh, but anyway, you know, I feel like all, while I was watching All About Eve, you know, I was of course, I mean, not just because of the Marilyn, but like I of course was thinking about Smash, and I was thinking about Ugh. like, oh my god, the way in which all about Eve walked so that smash could, you know, sit on a couch during a choreography number. Like it just, 
Uh, yes. You know, it, it really set the template. But you know what else I was thinking about? The ways in which All About Eve and May-December have kind of an overlap with you know, Marco kind of being like the Julianne Moore character and then Eve being like Natalie Portman's character, kind of like becoming her and, and kind of like, you know, it, yeah. there's like, there is some, there's some correlation there. Oh, for sure. I mean, Eve going after the men of both Margot and Karen, really just really kind of immersing herself as much as she can. And like, there's even that line about how, um, I think it was Birdie who was like, it just seems like she's studying you, like watching your every move and just all this stuff. It 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 has that level of like desperate sort of I don't know, but it's also creepy at the same time. Yeah, and I feel like both Eve and Natalie Portman's character, it's like we get glimpses into like you 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 came into this situation dysfunctional. You know what I mean? Like there's there's more of a story here. You're not a reliable narrator. You're not a reliable protagonist. You know, um, yeah. and then in some ways the 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 bitch between the two, for lack of a better term, like Margot or Julianne Moore's character. I keep like I'm forgetting their characters' names from uh, May December. Um, yeah, I can't remember any of them. Yeah, what do you want from me? That was in January, uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even though she's like, you know, has more villainous energy, it's like ultimately Margot is someone we can trust. Like she's straightforward. She's real. You know, we, we might not like it, but she is who she is. Yeah. Uh, their characters, Natalie played Elizabeth and Julianne played Gracie. 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 Yeah. It's a box of S-H-I-T, yeah. of course. Um, <laughs> God. Ugh. That movie. Um but yeah, I mean, so there was there were all of those things. But then, of course, I think we've we've tap danced around her long enough. What I what I truly love the most about all about Eve, or really one of my favorite things, is the character of Karen, played by Celeste yes. Holm. Yeah, I I think the first time I watched the movie, I didn't really love the character of Karen because, like, so much of everything that happens is because of her unintentionally so you know she just kind of swept her out of that alley and kept giving her this sort of uh all these opportunities i guess too and i i will say i am still a little bit confused about the bathroom conversation i might need you to walk me through that because i don't know who like what's real and what isn't or why she was able to blackmail why Eve was able to blackmail Karen. So I don't know if you want to explain yeah. that now because it gets a little complicated, but well, and it, yeah. And, go and that it. whole sequence and then the dinner, the, the table oh, sequence so afterwards, good. like that's all like such a great scene for both of them, Karen and Eve. Yes. Um, yeah. So I believe what happened, cause I was a little confused at first and I believe what it was, was that I think that Karen and Lloyd had arranged for them to run out of gas on that trip yes. so that Margot, it was like a little prank and we'll tell her about it later, but it was a little favor that she did for Eve so that Eve would get to play the understudy in the play. And yes. so that's what Eve then had on Karen of like, you get me that role or I'm going to have Addison print like what you, what you and Lloyd did to the lead actress. Um, I wonder how she found out about it, but I'll go with it, you know? Well, I think it was, like, an, an arrangement that, like, Karen maybe made for Eve of, like... Like, I think Eve was somehow... I don't, and I don't know. I'm Oh, be, but it, yeah. it may have been something that, like, she was like, listen, we're going to take her out of town. 
we you know who knows but um i think i think it was some somewhere around those lines but uh i it was it. and i love so what i love about karen because you're right it, that's actually the interesting thing about karen's character is that she is as she describes herself to Eve at the beginning of the movie, I'm the lowest form of celebrity. Like she's the playwright's wife, you know? Yeah. Um, and so she is the, the most out of the like circle and seemingly the furthest away from having power or having like influence, even though she's kind of like, you know, if Lloyd's the head, she's the neck, you know? But, um, yes. and so I think like the idea that like this, this character who thinks they have no they're the lowest, you know, the lowest on the rung, you know, that she is actually who brought Eve in. Like she's fully responsible, you know, or not fully responsible, but she is like initially responsible for all of this happening. Um, I think it's a, it's a clever choice to kind of implicate a character mm -hmm. who otherwise is uninvolved is the wife and, and the best friend. Yeah, because when she arranged for that gas prank to be done, like I, I feel like her and Margot were not on the best terms. Like it almost seems like Karen wanted to do that. It wasn't just a funny prank. I feel like they had gotten to the into that argument, mm -hmm. but then they had to go away for the weekend. I don't know, but like it just it just heightens the I guess the urgency of that blackmail that Karen would never want Margot to find out about that. But I guess when Karen and Eve leave the bathroom. I think so. Is it true that Eve was just bluffing about Addison knowing about that? Because I think his, so. his line, yeah, yeah, which I love, yeah. by the way. Like, I think that's even more diabolical because he says the line, like, you know, sometimes I feel like you hide things from me, but I love that she manufactured that just as like a little bit of extra leverage for her to get that role of Cora. Yeah. And then I just, <clears throat> I just love the idea of then like Karen coming back to the table and then Margo being like, you know what, Lloyd, I don't want the role. Don't hate me for it. And the way that Karen just starts laughing. <laughs> just, yes. I, just, I love that. It's so cathartic and it's so just like, it's such a great kind of capper on all of this of like all of this, all of this is just so stupid. <laughs> yes. It's like the end of cause for alarm. Yes. It's <laughs> like, I tried so yeah. hard. <laughs> hard. Yeah. It all works out for Karen in the end too. But like, she just got herself into that sticky situation too. But I do like, I, I think Nina Arianda could just like, Oh, she would kill it because she's so effort like effervescent in a way. Like she, we know she could do comedy, but we know that she can also like go there if if she needs to. And I think she's she's such a Karen. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I you know, and similarly, I think Celeste Holmes' performance is because Karen, I think, is a hard role to to make shine, especially when you've got Eve and Margot and even Birdie. But I feel like why I love this character as well is I feel like Celeste Holm kind of underplays her a little bit. Like there's a lot of very casual tones and a lot of kind of like, I don't know. She, she's not doing that kind of like transatlantic delivery as much as some of the others do. I feel like she's so much more nuanced in her delivery. And I just, I like her. I just, out of all of these people, I just like Karen Richards so much. Yeah, she seems like a gal's gal, and she's a painter, and she just seems like she's the one you want to be next to at a party. Yeah, right. Like when she yeah. and Eve were in the bedroom during the party and like talking about the coats and all that, I was like, I just want to hang out with Karen in the coat room and just like talk about people's <laughs> yes. sables, you know? 
I love when they're all perched on the stairs, but I do love what that Karen's at the top of the stairs because I think even though she doesn't really show it, it's right after um, Eve asks her for that role or whatever, mm-hmm. or to consider her for uh, being an understudy and how what they're talking about kind of influences like maybe, uh, you know, Karen's decision to bring it up to Lloyd too. She doesn't really show it, but I love the staging of that. Oh, it's one of my favorite shots. The staging of them on the stairs. Oh God. It's just so cool. It's just so cool. You know, people talk about like, I don't know, some of the staging in like the breakfast club with all of them hanging out in the library or I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, this is some great classic staging. Like it just feels cool. They just all feel, even though they're theater people, they just feel so cool. <laughs> yeah. It's like throwing Debbie messing in there, yeah. you know, and Marilyn Monroe's at the bottom of the stairs. Like, I just want that shot. Yes. Framed. Yeah. Like, I, I just think it's such a cool and they're talking about theater and it's, yeah, it's great. And it's so, I mean, they're, you know, it's certainly very like well-written dialogue, but ultimately I feel like there's so many parties of theater people where by the end of the night, someone is pontificating about, I, of I hate to say it, but I need, I need you to know that one of my least favorite expressions in the world is this business of show that we're in. When people say this business of show, I'm like, I'm going to show you the business. I yeah, you got to be kidding me. I've never used it. I I I don't think that I've ever really heard of it really too often. But yeah, that's some pretentious. It's unacceptable. Yeah. It is so unacceptable. Yes. This business of show. It's like, oh, shut up. Um, but yeah. it's but it, I would imagine like there is a realism to that even today of just like theater folks sitting around just talking about the state of the state of Broadway in 2024. Mhm. Absolutely. Oh, it's probably going on right it's now. It's going on literally right now. Yeah. Yes. Um, absolutely. Uh, I was, you know, I was on TikTok before and I I they have those like I'm a blank. Of course I blank. And I think the one I saw yes. was like um I'm a 99 seat theater actor. Uh, a 99 seat, yeah, is that what it is? Where they're like, they're, I guess they're in like below block box theaters. They called it, a, I'm a 99 seat, yeah. Sure, I'm yeah. I'm a 99 seat theater actor. Of course the blocking changes every night. And I was like, God, that's so fucking niche. And you're all just like, so, yeah. you're such 99 seat theater actors. Also, I feel like that trend has like, it's it's past its prime, which is funny because I feel like Keon will just start seeing those videos like this week because he's always behind on the trend. Right, well- I'm like, how? <laughs> How do you not know about the North Sea? Did he text you about yes! that? Yes, I was like, what do you mean you don't know about the North Sea? What do you mean you have to ask Nick about yeah, the I North Sea? Yeah, I had to remind sea? him. I was like, clearly you don't listen to the podcast no. or pay attention. I was just going to write back to him, yo, yeah. but I didn't think he'd know yeah. what I was talking about. So I was like, oh, I don't want to confuse him. <laughs> yeah, I had to explain, but he, he's he got it. He's he's on board, uh, pun intended. Yes. Um, yeah, I think I saw a TikTok where some guy was like, I'm 40. Of course I'm doing this trend six months after it's passed. Yes, I saw yeah, that one. Yeah. Yes, that was actually pretty clever. I was like, that's how you do it. Yeah, yeah. Now now you've brought it back to life. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, anyway. Um, well, what? where should... should we talk about Addison DeWitt yeah. a little bit more? I, I kind of, I just feel, I, it's really kind of hard to jump from scene because every single scene in this movie just feels like a like a like a 10 minute play or like a mm-hmm. one act play like even like there's the party scene there's like karen and um margo in the car with like how tough it is to be a woman mm-hmm. monologue like and 
but I, I just want to, I, before we get into those moments, I guess it's like, I, I just feel, cause Addison DeWitt starts by narr. I do love the idea of narrating this a little bit at the beginning, because sometimes when names are just thrown around, it's hard to know who is who. And I kind of don't mind that sort of be, being spoon fed that at the beginning of the movie. And the first person we meet is Addison DeWitt, which I love. Yeah. I, I think that device was interesting, you know, to kind of we get kind of an introduction to everybody and and the idea that in some ways this is it, it kind of like i guess watching it again there's the thought of like is this addison dewitt's take on the story is this really ah. what happened or is this the addison dewitt version of the story and is that why everybody throws around such great insults Wow, you're kind of rocking my world a little bit here. It's almost like when we figure when we realize that like Hamilton is all is, all, is Eliza's story. Yeah, it's not right. Or when yeah. you told me that Ann Dowd was in Garden State. <laughs> I'll <laughs> never. <on> hands. <laughs> yeah. You can tell it's her by the hands. It's my favorite line. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah, I. Oh, I really, really love that a lot. Yeah, because ultimately, like, then it's like, oh, this makes sense that everybody's such a bitch. And like, even Lloyd, I know he's a writer, but like, he had some lines where I was like, like the one where he yells to Margo about like, at some point, the piano has to realize it has not written the concerto or whatever. And I was just like, which is a great line. Yeah, and I was yes, like, yes. you sassy bitch, the library is closed. Um, yes. That's such an Addison DeWitt line. Yeah, a professional manure slinger. I think uh, I don't know if it's Lloyd or Bill says at one point too, which I another great sort of. He's about Addison, which I also and love. Addison would write. He would write that someone called him, uh, you know, a venomous fishwife. He would love that. Yes, I mean the line of just um, who is he talking to? I don't know if it's. Oh no, I think he's talking to Margot when she's like wasted at the party, and she's like, "You must think I'm." Something and something. He's like, well, you're maudlin and full of self-pity. You're magnificent. Which would like, basically just like is the equivalent like, yas queen, yeah. you're so messy right now. Right, yeah. right, exactly. I mean, I I love Addison as like a semi-closeted gay man who's like, uh, Eve, you'll be my beard eventually. Um, but the moment, the Addison moment that I think gets him the Oscar and I think is like, like shocking is when he's having that argument with Eve towards the end and she and talking about how <sighs> she belongs to him. And she's like, oh, with you. And then laughs in his face and he slaps her. And you can't tell me that wasn't a real slap. She had a red mark on her face. I think he really slapped her. Whoa. And I'd like to believe Ann Baxter was like, George, just hit me. Just do it. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a, what was the term? Uh, uh, victorious bitch venomous bitch energy what was that term uh yeah let me go let me scroll back up here it was uh okay because i was a bitch virtuosity B yeah i've got bitch versus <laughs> virtuosity go for it but when he slaps her and goes don't you ever laugh at me and you're like oh no we are seeing the raw nerve of somebody who doesn't show any emotions for just like five seconds and i was like that is fucking incredible Yes. There's so much of this now that like maybe not the the right age for our sort of casting, but Jeffrey Wright as Addison DeWitt would be great oh. because he sort of has that sort of like especially like seeing like I haven't seen American fiction yet, but even him as Belize in Angels in America, mm -hmm. like if we're tapping into a little bit of that, 
mixed with just his general demeanor, I think that could work really well. I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways, I mean, I, I feel like it would be interesting, but you know, the way that they did like the, um, the all black cast of Steel Magnolias, I feel like we're pretty much doing the all black all about Eve. I, I mean, I'm here for right? it. I'm here Angela for Bassett, it. Zendaya, you know, Jeffrey Wright. Uh, <laughs> yes. you know, I think, you know, uh, Birdie actually, you know, Regina Hall as Birdie would be great. I just, I, I just that. want Regina Hall and things. I'm just team Hall, you know? Yes. Regina Hall is Karen. Yeah. Bring Re- her in. Oh, Regina Hall is Karen done. Um, Yes. I feel like, you know, uh, Sterling K. Brown, we got to get him in somewhere. But, uh, oh, yeah, he would be like a Bill or, mm-hmm. uh, or Lloyd. Yes. Yeah, that's love. This. I feel like that's uh, that would that's probably the most accurate 2024 is maybe like an all black, all about Eve. And they're doing like, I just like the idea of like, I don't know, there's some new August Wilson play that, you know, is yeah. like the idea of like bringing, I don't know. I just, I'm just thinking, how do we, you know, how do we, how do we change the narrative a bit? Um, Kiki Palmer as the Marilyn Monroe. Oh, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I, so I hope good. I don't make a fool of myself. Or is that what she said? Yeah. I do not know. Who, I don't know this man. <laughs> that video is so funny. <laughs> it is so good. Oh, she's a queen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's, I think what we're, what we're gearing towards, but, uh, well, and I guess if we were to do like a gay Addison DeWitt, if we wanted like a, oh, well, I mean, like, I don't know the age, but like, obviously Billy Porter would be incredible. Yeah. Or like a Titus Burgess or something. Can you imagine a dramatic turn? That's it. Oh, that's because then that would be a great moment for him to get to like play dramatic and then like get to have that moment with with Zendaya. Titus Bird is slapping Zendaya. Oh, my yes. God. Love this. Okay. I'm into it. I am, too. And then, I mean, I think then there's obviously, like, the, the, you know, the 11th hour edition of Phoebe. And I feel like that character is, I mean, I don't know this Barbara Bates who plays Phoebe, but I feel like the way that she comes in at the end and then, like, suddenly in the movie's about her, like, that's a plum role. Oh, yeah. It's so, it's a perfect ending. I mean, there's so much of the screenplay that... Like you were saying, too, if it is wrote through the lens of Addison DeWitt, like it makes sense why it's so sharp and cunning and everyone sort of has something. But like going back to the ending, I, I forgot how the movie ended. I was like, OK, I, I remember the hotel scene that I was like waiting for that because he really gives her the business and all of that and kind of really explains everything that has been going on, like how saying that the Schubert Theater, there is no Schubert Theater in San Francisco and like how he was he's smarter than her is the ultimate you know what we're what we don't know is that he he's kind of running the whole show but back to that woman at the end is it's just like a representation of like it never ends there's always going to be someone more hungry someone more young someone more beautiful and someone equally as talented right on your coattails like ready to take charge yeah like yeah the cycle will just continue and it's like the sort of you know celebrity karma um yeah and you know, I was just looking up this this woman, Barbara Bates. She unfortunately took her own life in 1969. So, oh no, Barbara! You know, uh, and you know, there's a whole bunch of them. Whenever I come across an actress who, like, you know, died in a car accident at 32, or you know, committed suicide at 27, or whatever, I always save them to a list. These tragic, you know, uh, Hollywood maybe C celebrities of a different time. I always save them on a list. Yeah. And I'm just like, what was your life? Who are you? What was the 
what was a movie you did in the decline of your career? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of gruesome, but I'm just like fascinated because it's just tragic. It's just like so often the story is like it's an actress who maybe developed a drinking problem to deal with the career or whatever. But it's so often it's a drinking problem. And it's these stories of these poor women who at one point were like rising stars, but then for one reason or another got derailed, got dropped by the studio. Eventually they're living in like a, you know, a boarding house and they're, and then suddenly they drink themselves to death and no one finds them for a week. And it's just like, Oof. Oh my God. So there's another one. Yeah. There's a podcast for you. Start that one. Well, that's right. Just the stories. Yeah. Yeah. Of just these, like, you know, uh, these, these tragic ladies. Yeah. Yeah. Tragic ladies. Tragic ladies. That's what it's called. Um, with the occasional <laughs> tragic man, you know, just, just to, yes, just to be inclusive. Um, of course. But, uh, but yeah, so I just wanted to give a little mention to poor Phoebe, uh, who, and I just love that, that final shot. I just think it's so eerie, her in that, in that yeah. mirror. Because it's also, to your point, it's like reflections upon reflections. There's dozens of her in that mirror by the end. Yeah, and how easily is she just, I mean, when Eve walks in, it's almost like, because at the beginning, when Eve is in the dressing room, before Eve is Eve, and how it's almost like stalker behavior, you know, like that would never happen nowadays. You wouldn't let some like crazy woman like it's like even then it's like what at what point would you not trust Eve? Like I bet everyone has a different opinion on that, too. But mine would be kind of like right away. I wouldn't invite her out to dinner no matter how nice she seemed. I'd just be like, well, it was nice meeting you and good luck to you, gal, you know, if yeah. there's the door. But obviously that's not the case. And in the last scene too, you think that Eve would also know the game that she's playing and be like, I see what you're doing. But like the way that it's, she's like, okay, well, I'll pour you another drink. And she hands her the drink and she says, well, there's the door. You might as well get it. It just like, it's, it all falls into place all too easy. Um, it's yeah. so interesting. She sinks right into it. And it's kind of like, and at that point, Eve has really become a sort of pseudo Margot, you know, what's crazy is that she's still this like woman in her twenties, but like, she's already like, you know, slumping over. Like there's just an, so she has been aged already. And, uh, it's kind of like, she's, yeah. it's almost like she's on the rise and fall that Eve had or Margot had, but faster. And like, I don't know. I mean, Margot, I don't think ever went to Hollywood, but the idea that Eve is off to Hollywood, I mean, it's like, they're setting up one of these tragic narratives to her, for her to be found in the like, sunset hotel you know six months from now you know with the uh, cirrhosis yeah an old kazoo with some sparklers oh. that was one of margo's lines oh that made me laugh so the the hardest i laugh every time in this movie is when margo enters the theater after she talks to addison in the lobby which is another great scene because addison is just like relishing and telling margo that like how great eve did mm -hmm. in her audition and she flips that coat right over Max's face as she walks through the seats. I cackle. It is so stupid and so funny. I love it. And it's like, did she, was it an accident they kept in? Was it like scripted? I just <laughs> I love the so idea of stupid. like, just keep going. Yeah. Cause it's such a, um, it reminds me so much of dream girls. Like when Effie comes back for that rehearsal, like Curtis was supposed to love me mm -hmm. because like, it, like everyone has sort of moved on and like and made this decision without her and she's the last one finding out and she really just kind of self-destructs on stage it's so good yeah that's true it is kind of like uh an early version of that i, I did feel like this felt familiar and it's like oh that's probably where, where i've seen yeah this before. yeah 
Um, you know, just while we're talking about Margot, you know, one of the things I watching her, you know, it's certainly no chicken or the egg. We know which came first, but like the extent to which Erica Jane on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is just doing like <laughs> a piss poor version of Margot Channing. I can see it. I'm not currently, I didn't watch this current season, but I, I know enough. I've seen the clips of her talking about like Beirut randomly. Yeah. Like I showed that clip to Keon and we were like laughing so hard about it that she's just like, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Fertile Crescent, uh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> of course. It's so, I'll show you my Fertile Crescent. Yeah, right? yeah it's like, it's so bizarre but that how she was able to keep up in that conversation. But yes, I told, I mean, Erica Jane is Margot. Well, we I know it's like, well, then it's like casting real housewives in all of that. Eve. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's like Ann Baxter, uh, Eve played by Tinsley Mortimer. I was just going to say <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, obviously I'm going to cast, you know, Eileen Davidson as Karen, but like, you know, I'm open to ideas. Of course. You know, yeah, and Andy is uh, Addison Dewitt. Yes, Andy Cohen. Yes. Um, oh, who are the other like? Who could be an? Who's another? Oh well, Mario. Mario would probably be Bill. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm thinking specifically Roni. I guess as we go yeah. through this, but yeah. Um, I guess who would be the Marilyn Monroe? That would be. I know that would technically because like, I need Tinsley to have a big role, but like. Who would be the little the Countess Luann? Yes, it would be the Countess <laughs> Luann, and you know, playing you know an ingenue, and it's like Luann. <laughs> yes, not enough. Gauze what do the they world. always look like? Unhappy rabbits. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right, right, what right, do right. they always look like? Unhappy rabbits. Am I right, ladies? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't just yell out Butler. What if that's someone's name? Am I right, ladies? Yes. Oh God. Um. And Dorinda as Birdie. Done. Dorinda as Birdie. Absolutely. Yeah. My God. You better back that Love shit it. up. <laughs> yeah, she's got it. Well, if and if Erica Jane, if we were just doing Roni ladies, who would who from oh, yeah. Roni would play Marco? Who? Um <laughs> Sonia Morgan. Oh my god. No, Sonia Sonia Morgan would be Marilyn Monroe, to be honest. I can't yeah, believe I didn't think that's of that. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um she partied with John John Kennedy, could... Madonna. Yes. I mean, there is a world where if we're if if Sonia is Marilyn, that Luann would be Margot. Right. Because she's like the cabaret star and someone else is coming up for her gig. You know, Tinsley at the big circus. Of course. <laughs> I'm fucking miserable. Don't, Don't curse. curse. <laughs> Oh, Dale. Oh, I love it. I Dale. love it. Yeah. I mean, that's the only one I could really think I know, of. You like, know, like Bethany's I, there's a world where Car Carol could be Karen. Yes. Carol, Karen, mm -hmm. sort of in a way. But um, well, Bethany could yeah. be Birdie. I could see Bethany playing Birdie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's what's going on? What's yeah. this? What are these coats? Yeah, do you, yeah. Yeah. What is this? What's going on? What are these coats? Yeah. What's the name of her three <laughs> assistants? What is this? What's going on here? What are these coats? <laughs> yes. Oh, God. That's great. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I could talk about this movie for like three more hours, to be honest. It could be like a part two. It's like, I, I don't really know how to wrap it up. I'm looking at my notes here. I just want to make sure that I got all the stuff. I mean, really, I, that Addison DeWitt scene is so 
Like I could watch that over and over and over again. I mean, even just there's that line that he says about how he had lunch with Karen and like, and as with all women who have something to spill, she told more than she learned or something Uh like that from that conversation. I was like, ah, yeah. I was like, this script is crazy. And even like when she's like, I can't go on, like, I can't go on like this. He's like, couldn't go on. You'll give the performance of your life. And like, that's the gayest line. Absolutely. Oh, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, what and that's queen. Chicago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, and certainly like that scene on the bed when like she's like crying and then she turns and looks at him and she just looks wild. And I was like, good God, Ann yes. Baxter. But the two of them, Ann Baxter and George Saunders, like I would have liked to see them just like in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, you know? Oh, God, I would love that, too. Yes. Uh, and she's, you know, I don't, I, I know I've seen her in other things. She won an Oscar for another movie called The Razor's Edge, where I think. Yeah, only like a couple years prior, yeah. like in 1947. Yeah. yeah, and like, and this is like relatively early in her career, I think. Um, but she's, and I've seen clips from that, and it's like, I mean, again, it's like so much of the acting from that time can be so like, you know, mannered and kind of just like, you know, it, it all has that same kind of stuffy feel. And I feel like in movies like that, it's like when, when something feels real, when it hits a really like genuine note, I think that's what really jumps out. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yes. When, um, when Anne is in not, or not Anne, uh, but Eve is in that bathroom scene with Karen, one of my favorite lines. And it's like such a, what we were talking about before where you see, a peek behind the curtain, pun intended, of who Eve actually is. She's like, you look a little bit wobbly. You should sit down. The way that she sort of changes, yep. like her tone gets lower because she knows it's like it's like playing chess. And she just said like checkmate, or at least she mm-hmm. thinks. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, that I think that's the most interesting thing about like the like with Ann Baxter, like the voices, like the way that she will let the, her true voice slip in certain moments. It kind of reminds me of. Yvette in Clue, you know, like right before she yes. gets killed. Did anyone recognize yes. you? Yeah, like it's just, it's like, oh my God, who are you really? But you never really get the yes. full like reveal. It's you. It's you. <laughs> she gets straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's you. <laughs> um, yes. Bon decor, but I am frightened <laughs> of the dark. <laughs> uh, I, oh my gosh, it's been so long since I've watched it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I'm due. You are due. due for yeah, another... for God's sake. Um, do for clue. Yeah. Well, the one last thing I want to just say about all about Eve is the moment that Margot slipped her hand into her pocket at that party in that dress. I just jumped out the window because I, I there is something about when a woman has pockets in a dress. And I know yes. that's like a whole thing of like girls being like, look, it has pockets. But like, <laughs> yes. especially in like a gown like that. It is like the the body language of wearing a dress like that and slipping your hands into your pockets is so hot and so cool. Ugh. Yeah. I would have, for some reason in my recollection, this movie was in, in color. I would have loved to have seen it. Like in my mind, excuse me, in my mind, it would have been like sort of like a, like a, uh, like a, is it jade? Is that a shade of that's green? G- that's like, just like a, a green, yeah. Yeah, it's Jean. Um, I yeah, it's like this sort of like green dress because I that green dress is 
you know, I hate using the word iconic nowadays, but it really is. Like, everyone knows that scene. And yes, you're totally right. Oh, yeah. Before I ever knew anything about this movie, I knew about her on that little staircase doing that, like, you know, fasten your seatbelts line. Yes. Like, it's such a, like, on its own, like, without even seeing the rest of the movie, it's just like, this is gay culture. <laughs> it's like Betty Davis yes. on the stairs tossing a line. Yes, with the pockets, if we're going to talk with about the Betty Davis on the stairs. With the pockets, with the pockets yeah, with exactly. The it's you. I lo- it's you. I love how she goes around and like checks all those little like things for cigarettes, I'm imagining, mm-hmm. go in there, which I also, not a smoker, but I just like love the idea of that. If like, you know, maybe the equipment would be like joints, <laughs> just like joints after joints, just like filled and all these. I'd be like, oh my gosh, oh. that party, I want to go to that Yeah, party. well, yeah, when she goes through, like she checks the lighter, I think there's like a little pot of olives or something, and she does this great thing where she goes to about to take one and she yes. puts it back in. It's... Yes. I, I mean, it's just like prop work, prop work. Yes. Ugh. It informs, it tells us everything. Yeah. She's watching her figure. Oh my God. It's just, it's such a good movie. It really deserves all yeah. of the credit. And like, I don't know. It's just, I feel like movies like this, like, yeah, you've got to be a little patient. You've got to kind of just like roll with the pace and whatnot. But like, then you get like an Addison scene or you get that scene in the bathroom. Yeah. And it's like, it's so naive, but it's like, oh my God. They did stuff like this in the 50s? Like, it feels like such a modern moment. But, like, I don't know. It's, again, kind of like the acting where it's like, oh, when it feels modern, I guess at the time it was very much ahead of its time. Yeah, I think it's so solid. And and it's a two-hour and 20-ish minute movie or something like that. But to me, it doesn't really... I'm sure I looked at my phone a couple times this time around, too. But I I do appreciate and, and am pretty much for the most part like invested in almost every scene too like it does go it's paced very well and it's like there's women in every scene i feel like one of the like tricky things with older movies is like there can be a lot of scenes of just men in a room talking in suits yes and this there was never a scene i would say there was yeah probably never a scene where there wasn't a woman in it at some point yeah, women talking. The the original. Yeah, I like <laughs> to tell a story about my actresses, Margot and Eve. Yes, there we go. <laughs> uh, well, I think that may be all there is about all about Eve. Like that, I love it. Thank you. And I it was just I was like winking at the orchestra because they they didn't realize. Yes, you can you you can play us off. Yeah, we're done. Okay, it's happening. Uh, All right, we're being played off. Uh, So where can folks find more of you? They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kuchana. How about you? Well, you can find more of me on my other podcast, All Right, Mary, where we are currently covering Season 16 Drag Race. And you can find me on Instagram at Colin underscore. And, of course, you can find more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at BSA Pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. And I hope your peepers are all about being peeped. Or no, peeled, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> I hope they're being peeped as well. What do I know? Peeped and peeled. Yeah, you yeah. know, in this business of show. Uh, you know, because we've got the best supporting after show coming just around the river bend, where we are going to be catching up on the things that we have been watching and doing and eating. We're going to get some birthday updates from a certain someone over here who's a year older. Yeah. 
And uh, you would get early access to episodes just like this. And so that's like two episodes a week, every week, all for $5 a month. And that's at patreon.com slash bsapod. What a steal. And I actually just found out there's some breaking news about a Broadway revival that we're excited about. That I'm gonna I'm not I'm gonna tease it, I'm not gonna say anything more, but you can find out more about it over at Patreon. Wow, I don't even know, folks. I don't even know. So that means it's big. This is huge. Big. I think this means we need to get into two pre-owned lease Toyota Tricells named Ruth and Cheryl, and we need to get the hell out of Stepford. Let's do it. Yeah, well that, as they say, is that. Thank you.